Hey, what's going on? It's Pastor Justin here. Hey, I wanted to thank you so much for tuning in to listen to today's message. Of course, I hope that you enjoy it, but much more, I hope that it feeds you, encourages you, and inspires you to actually pick up your cross and follow the Lord in a dedicated heart. Remember, the call for us as believers is to be more than just a hearer. It's for us to be a doer. Pray God's blessing upon you as you listen to this. Look to the person next to you and say this, you're supposed to be here today. Now, now, look, now that person say, I receive that. Do you mean it, guys? How many of you had a hard week? Let me see your hand. How many of you had a glorious week? How many of the Lord sustained you through this week? If the Lord sustained you this week, put both hands up. Say, thank you, Father. It rains, it rains and shines on both the wicked and the unwicked alike. But what we carry in us is the sustaining spirit of God. Praise the Lord. All right, let's go. That means something to me. This is not in the notes. I just want you to remember that. Because when you choose to make circumstances your God, then you will always have volatile times inwardly. Men, we talked about this at the retreat, it is our responsibility to tend to our soul, to guard it with all diligence, right? Because out of that soul, out of that heart, is what the springs of life, is what Leo gets from you, Len, or Calvin gets from me, right? I know I'm already like level 10 here, but it's the truth. Our circumstances cannot dictate, right? All right? Bow your heads. We're going to go there right away. Lord, thanks for the potter's wheel. Thank you, Lord, that you're molding and pruning us, shaping us into your image. Lord, turn up the fire if you must. I ask you, Lord, right now, I thank you, Lord, for this congregation. I thank you for the hunger that they have truly for your will. Your will be done in our life. We declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. We surrender our hearts to you today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You ready to hear now? I feel like there was just a heaviness going on in here. I don't want that. Oppression's from the enemy. Fear is from the enemy. Right? <laughs> I like it. All right, cool. I'm ready. I'm ready now. Um, I'm supposed to take up the offering after that. I can. Oh, I'm supposed to dismiss the kids too. The kids got a hold of that too. All right, kids, get out of here. Sorry, kids. <clears throat> yeah. JJ just said this. Hey, listen, if you have your offering, please bring it to the center. Um, Elijah is right. Next week, next week, I will have an update for you about the building, about where we're headed next year. 
Um, I was able to meet with a realtor this week. We're looking at different places. I'm excited for it. It's going to be, ex it's just a new season for us. And so next week I will give you a, a bit of an update about that, but I want to wait for, for all the people to be in the building to really hear that. Um, thank you for being faithful in your giving. Um, it's just the ministry is always taken care of here. Isn't it funny, man? You just, you don't have to beg God, right? He knows the need before we even have it. And so the Lord has always been so faithful to this body, and thank you for your faithfulness and participation in that. Um, I thought Kristen did a great job in her sermon last week. Way to go, baby. Yeah. Girl power. Um, I was able to read the sermon, um, and the sermon, I think, was what's in your bag or what are you doing with what's in your bag, something like that. Um, and I thought it was really cool. What have you done with your bag? And it married to the Facebook post that we gave this week um, about my challenge to us or whoever was watching about the question, are you a member or are you a minister? Some of you watch that every single morning. Thank you for doing those devotions and, and watching them. But I asked that question, are you a member or are you a minister? And so today's message, I am calling, uh, and I hope she, she, I think she did the artwork for it, if you'll put that up. Um, basically, it, it, it is this, um, he did it. The name of the title of today's message is He Did It. And it's really a continuation, I believe, of, of last week's Saturday night message at the retreat, but it's new enough material so that anybody that didn't listen to last week, you can kind of hang with it. I'm going to start out by saying this, that I think like most of you in this room, um, and, and maybe, maybe I'm off here, but I, I believe just because I know you guys, um, I believe um, that most of you in this room really have a des strong desire to, at the end of your life, get before the Lord and have him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How many of you, that's, that's a real heart's cry? For at the end of your life, when you look at the Lord and you stand before the Lord, for him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's definitely a desire of mine. By the way, we will come to a place of that, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13 says this. It says, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal, say reveal, will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. This is important, right? The fire will show if a person's work, the work that they did on this earth, will have any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like some, barely escaping through a wall of flames. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? This is really interesting, right? Just to start off today, kind of right on blast. Like there is going to come a time where you and I, listen, your salvation is, is, is already secured by what? By your faith in Jesus Christ, by your confession. But what you do on the earth, um, I think uh, uh, Maximus from Gladiator says it, echoes in eternity, right? What you do on earth echoes in eternity. And one day we'll stand before the Lord and we're hoping, me, hoping to hear this, well done. What you did, you did with the right motives. You did um, in the right manner. You did um, in the right methods. Justin, well done. 
And what Kristen did last week is she kind of gave an expose on, on um, the parable of the talents. And it kind of ended up with this right here that I want you to see. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 23. It says this, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. And this last phrase is where I want to stay for a moment. Then the master looked at the servant and said, come and share your master's happiness. Even more than the idea of well done, thou good and faithful servant, I'm looking forward to actually, and, and this is just who I am, I think, as a person, but I love the idea of sharing in someone else's happiness. Like, I would never become a Seahawks fan, but my buddy Tom in the middle right there, right, when the Seahawks win because he's elated, there's a very small portion of me that's elated with him, right? Like, I love the idea of sharing in someone else's happiness, right? This is the reason why when we are at a, at a, at a restaurant and we try something and it's so good, what do we do? Hey, you got to try this, right? There's like a share, right? By the way, who does not share food? Let me see that. Yeah, I'm one of those too, right? It's like you should have, the worst thing, by the way, is when you get your plate and before you even try it, they ask to try yours. That is not of God. That is not, right? that is not good. I, I don't like that. Yes, you did. You did. You did. But there's something about this exchange of the master's happiness, right, that we get to partake in the master's happiness, and so like I wrote down here, that's my hope. That's my motivation. But what I want to do today is I want to show you um, something to add to that. It's not contrary to it at all, but it's definitely a pivot. I think it'll be very monumental for a lot of us in the building. And really, like I said, it's a continuation of what I preached on last week, last Saturday night, about the soul. Because really... For about a month and a week now, I have experienced, and some that are very close to me can testify to this, I have experienced a different level of peace than I've ever had in 41 years in my life. It's almost been euphoric, and there has been some disastrous things that have happened in these last 50 days. But I am so grateful to have the peace of God in this way, and I think it comes through a lot of revelation. Because... I don't know about you, but I can get caught being busy. Like, I can get caught chasing my tail pretty quick. Right? I can definitely be um, one, and this is not right at all, but I can somehow, because of what I've read in Scripture or how I've looked at things, um, I can sometimes feel a burden or a pressure to being a disciple. Maybe, maybe none of you experienced that. Like, there's a burden to it, or, or there's some kind of strange thing, right? That, that I can, if I'm not careful, I can run myself into exhaustion, okay? And then on my best days, when everything's well, it kind of manifests in towards this, some sort of my works manifest in some, some sort of ungodly pride. And then on my worst days, when I'm not putting be my best effort forward, what happens is there's this, this enemy, by the way, if the enemy's mouth is open, it's a lie. There's never a truth. And the enemy just says this, right? What have you done today? You're not doing enough. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? 
Like there's this fear that I possibly might get to that point there of the fire, right? And I'll be tested. And then, and then what will happen is not well done, thou good and faithful servant. But instead what will happen is this, is you didn't do enough with what I gave you. And that's a lie from the enemy, right? So then I start processing deeper. Have I given my kids enough? Am I doing everything that I can? Am I producing? And then what's interesting is then I kind of couple that with a verse that a lot of us know out of John chapter 14, right? We, we know this verse. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me, that's you, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even what? Greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. So Jesus tells his disciples, hey, everything I've done you can do and even greater. And sometimes that verse in itself becomes somewhat haunting to me. I'm just letting you guys in to where I'm at today. Okay? Because there's part of me that's going like this. Okay, well, let me do it for you, God. Lord, just let me do it. I'll do it. Right? Lord, you're not going to find anyone, God, that's going to be more dedicated. Here's my fasting, Lord. I'm going to fast, and then I'm going to do it. Here's my idea. Here is the perfect picture of how Justin Heggie can slay it for the Lord. And how the shelter can slay it for God. So here's the first thing that I want you to get out of the revelation that I've gotten the last 40 to 50 days. God does not want me to do it for him. He wants me to do it through him. I'm going to say that again. God doesn't want me to do it for him, i.e. exhaustion, i.e. fear, i.e. burden. What he wants me to do is he wants me to do it through him and his spirit and his power and his words that he gives me. That's what he wants. Why? I'll tell you the real reason why. Got one for you. Ready? Because God is not in need. He doesn't have any needs. Right? Isaiah chapter 50, right? Talks about him, um, it talks about him having all the cattle on a thousand hills. Right? And in, in, in Matthew, we see that even what? The, the waves obey him. Right? I think there's a verse right here in Isaiah 9. He places the government on his shoulders. Okay? Meaning this, that God has no need, watch, of you. <gasps> He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's all-knowing. And although he has no need of you, he has chosen yet for you to be a steward of what he's given you, and to be a light in this world. Do you see the difference? Now, some of you are already kind of like, wait a minute, I don't like this. I was growing up the whole time saying, Lord, the Lord needs you. To... If God wants to do, to right now, rapture this church right now, he would. Like, he is not bound by, right? He's, right? He can do anything at all times. Somebody say amen to that. So what you need to do is you got to take a deep breath. And you got to realize that you are not co-God. That's not how you're defined. I can't stand that, that license plate. God is my co-pilot. 
I'm like, you're an idiot. Yeah, right? Sorry if anyone has that. You're not a co you don't want to be a co-pilot. You want to be a passenger. In fact, co-pilot is not the description that God gave you. What he did give you is this description, that you are a son and daughter, that you are a friend of God, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that you are a new creation, that you are his workmanship, that you are an heir with Jesus Christ, that you are a priest, that you are a laborer, that you are a steward, that you are a branch of the vine. He never said you were co-pilot. And he certainly never said that you were co-God or co-Messiah. Okay? I got to show this to you. This is, this is cool stuff to me. <laughs> Luke chapter 24. Jesus dies. He's resurrected. All of our salvation's in this, right? All of our salvation's found in that. And he hangs out with his disciples for 40 days. And at the end of 40 days, he's going to pray over them and he's going to bless them. And he's going to do something that we call the Great Commission. Commission means this. Here's the responsibility. Here's the privilege that you get to have while on earth. And that commission applies to you and me in 2021 just as much as it applied to them back then. And he gives them that, right? And he says this. He opened their minds so they can understand scriptures. Lord, please do that to us. Right? He then told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sin will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But what? Stay in the city until you have been, this is cool, clothed with power. What do we know that to be? The Holy Spirit. Stay in the city until you have been clothed with power on high. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Now, why this is important is because at that time in Jerusalem, there were multiple feasts during the year where Jerusalem just, woo, everybody from Israel comes to Jerusalem to participate in a feast, right? And one of the feasts is, was Pentecost. Pentecost, by the way, means penta, 50. So a whole bunch of people are in town after Jesus dies, gets resurrected, 40 days. Now we've got 10 days until Pentecost happens, the end of the Feast of Weeks. And we've got a bunch of people here in the city. And Jesus says to them, hey, listen, what I want you to do is nothing. I want you to wait. Uh, wait, I thought we were going to be your witnesses. No, no, I want you to wait until what? Re go back one time, please, for me real quick. Until you're what? Clothed with power. Now, that is interesting to me because those guys were equipped. They had traveled with the Lord. They had seen him die. They knew the story, absolutely knew what had gone on. They had seen miracles. I think that they had participated in miracles, i.e., when someone walked on water, that was a participation in miracles. They had seen all these things happen. They were totally, I believe, um, completely educated to a certain extent of what they needed for salvation to come for people. And they're sitting there, and Jesus goes, no, 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 no. You just wait. I got to tell you, if he would have asked me that, I would have been like, there's tons of people here. You know we got to go out, Lord. No, no, no. Wait until what? 
until I give you power to do what you're supposed to do. So if they would have went out in between the time that Jesus was ascended to heaven and the time when Pentecost happened, when the Holy Spirit filled them, there would have been a whole bunch of preaching, a whole bunch of teaching, a whole bunch of good works done in what? Their strength. Yikes. But, 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 but here's the deal. Why? Why would Jesus make them wait? Why not just go right here? Hey, I'm going to heaven and boom, Holy Spirit. <laughs> tongues of fire right there. Why? Was it to test them? No, I don't think it actually was. I don't think it was to test their obedience. What I think that we, you, me, constantly fall into is this concept of thinking at life very linear, meaning this. In the Heggie home, we think about the Heggies. We deal with what's going on there. We deal with our kids, and we think, okay, X plus this equals this. That's how we think. But we have no idea that our choices of how we put out the trash can, possibly on Tuesday morning, maybe at that exact same time, my next door neighbor was putting out his trash can, and that night before his brother had a problem in the hospital, and he's crying, and I see him, and God lined it up, and that's the purpose of my day. That's called multi-dimensional. You and me think one-dimensional. Well, of course, there's all these people, God. But what... Just go with me. What if there was a possibility that there was one, one person? He leaves 99 for the one. Somebody say amen to that. What if there was one person that was late, that had a baby, and they couldn't get to Jerusalem on time, and Jesus said, hey, I want you to wait 10 more days. He didn't give them the exact time. I want you to wait however many days so this person right here might have something done so that they would take it back to their community. Is it possible? So, say yes. But you and me, we, we, whoa, God, come on, we got to go. No, no, that's when you and I think linear, yet serve a God who thinks in multi-dimensions. And so what's needed of you and me and what I'm getting, thank God I'm getting it. It's taken, man, I don't know why it's taken me so long to get things, right? But I'm getting that, what is needed of you and me is a willingness to faithfully obey when we are called. See, our walk with the Lord is not actually something that we're to win for the Lord. It's something that we're to experience through him. Here's the key, and you've got to get it, and really get this next part. What happens to your peace my peace I leave with you. What happens to that peace that we are, that is ample, there's more than enough for it. What happens to that peace is that it gets given away when you and me start to take over the reins and play God. Well, pastor, what are we going to do park night? I don't know. Well, what if God, did, what if the sound, I don't know. Well, that's not any fun. You're the leader. I know. I know, but I know this, I really know how to do ministry. I've done it 24 years. I'm not, I mean, I, I can do this. But if it's done in Justin Heggie's strength, then this church is just going to go. But if it's done through the flow 
on the Holy Spirit, I believe there is going to continue to see works that we cannot explain, praise the Lord, through us, not, right, not because of us. Okay? So we'll be ready on park night. There's going to be a couple of you I'm going to say, I need you to know and be ready to be able to share the gospel. Here's a couple things. We're going to be flexible on park night. Wow, what a concept. We're going to be listening, and you know what? We're going to be waiting. And that's how I need the body. Guys, I wish everybody was here to hear this today. That's what we need from this body going forward. That's what we need for this body on camp nights. Lord, whatever you want to do, I am more than willing. I'm more than willing to move how you move. Well, what if somebody receives the prayer language and starts prophesying? Then that's awesome. Well, what if I can't explain that? Then that's awesome. Right? Well, how are we going to buy a $2.5 million building? I know the Lord's got a plan. Because I can't make $2.5 million. Unless anybody knows the lottery numbers, right? You call me. No, I'm kidding. The Lord will do it, amen? So there's this weird role reversal. And the role reversal is this. That he's the supplier and you are the steward. You're not the supplier of your needs. He is. Isn't that crazy? When you become the supplier, you're destined to fail. You're destined to get short. I had this weird experience about nine years ago, and there's no one that was with me on that day is here, I don't think. Maybe. It was mixed wedding, and we had committed to doing um, a, a thing called Hope Fest. And Hope Fest is when we went and we cooked 15,000 hot dogs in like five hours. Another, such a smart idea. It was so wise of me, right? And, and it was not stressful at all. Anyway, so one of the things that we had to do is we kind of had to round up um, some of the stuff that we, were going to, that we were going to get. And so I went to the local fries where I go all the time. And I got, and I thought this was awesome. I talked to the manager. I got 30 cases of water. 30 cases of water, put it in my truck, and I drove downtown, and I was like, oh, man, look, this is going to be, when they see me with this, they're going to, right? And I pull up, and I pulled the truck in, and uh, the, the head of the whole thing was there. He's like, oh, thanks so much. And I don't know if it was just fruit, perfect timing, but he opens up the semi-truck, and there's like 3,000 cases of water. And I was like, gosh, that did not go well, right? <laughs> it was like, when you're the supplier, you'll run short. Guess, guess, I went to what I knew to do. He picked up the phone and called the head of Kroger, the entire company. Hey, this is what we're doing. Oh, yeah, here's, and by the way, we'll put a semi-truck. I'm coming with my little Ford going, hook at me. When you're the supplier, you'll come up short. When you're the steward and a faithful one, you always have supply. That's not like Pastor Jim. This week, so that I can be really practical for you, this week I had, uh, Monday morning, I had the Lord speak to me on something, and it really required me to have an incredibly hard conversation with someone uh, where I knew 
most likely there was going to be just a lot of intensity, a lot of uh, possibly uh, yeah, hurt feelings, and, and it, was, it was just a word of correction, basically, that the Lord, and so I called a couple guys, and Kay and I talked and stuff, and, and, and here's the thing about the supplier versus the steward. The Lord downloaded that to me, so to speak, on Monday morning. And I had three options, and you have three options every single time the Lord gives you seed. The, th the first option is this, that I could have shrunk from this, I could have ignored it, and I could have not done what I was supposed to do. That's number one option. The number two option is when I got it, I could have stressed about it, I could have tried to control the narrative and manipulate the conversation. And the third option was I could pray. I could consider it, I could watch, watch what happens to my heart. I could release it, I could listen, and I could walk in faith. I, thankfully, that's the one I did. But, but the thing that I want you to know is that's, that's part of all life. That's part of the job that you're praying and you're interceding for that promotion, um, that relationship that just constantly just does this, but you really believe the Lord's got you in it. Like, here's the thing. If you're not walking in peace, you got to go take a look in the mirror and go, have I turned into the supplier of this or am I actually stewarding this the right way? That's where peace comes from. When you know who the supplier is and you're actively, faithfully walking in it. If I get this situation that was going to happen for me, I knew this. I could totally ignore this, and I would have this insane burden by not doing, not obeying what the Lord wanted. But the, the counterside of that is if I would have tried to, to, to sugarcoat things, if I would have tried to control the narrative, then I'm stressing myself out in such a way that no longer is this something that can be supernaturally blessed. Everybody following me? This is deep stuff. And we fall into this. And like I said, we give away our peace. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 and 13 and 19 says this. I know what it is to be in need. Meaning this, Paul knows what it was that there were times where his obedience, listen, his obedience required him to be in great need. Oh, was Paul not blessed? Was he not sowing? No, at that point, at that time, the Lord was challenging him with needing Right? Having to rely on him that way. But he also says, I know what it is to have plenty. Meaning there's going to be times in life, right, where that plenty, that obedience looks a lot different. It's going to require more of you. The stewardship is going to be different. I have learned the secret of being content in any, or you could put the word peace there. Being in peace in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things, what? Through him. Not for him. Through him. Okay. Then verse 19 says this, and my God will meet all of your needs because he's the supplier. So, so look at this counter, this thought right here. And I've never, dude, I've never thought of this, ever. John chapter 6, we know this story almost like the back of our hands. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of Sea of Galilee, that is the sea and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that had been performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. They're having a good time. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He knows the answer already. He's setting them up. He asked this only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Hello. 
Does the Lord know what tomorrow is? Guys, yes? Yes. He does. Okay? Philip answered him, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one of them to have a bite. A bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will that go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. They sat down, 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He named the same with the fish. I have a question for you. What if the boy had four loaves of bread instead of five? Would there have been enough? Wait, no, that's not how math works. There was five breads and two fish. Jesus, oh, man. Meaning the strut. The boy's amount that he had, it could have been one crumb. It could have been a little fortune cookie. And Jesus could have multiplied it like that. He is not bound to what you currently have. He has, the, hear this, what the boy's part in the miracle was not multiplying it. The boy's part was being willing to give it up. So if it was only one fish and it was a sardine, there still would have been enough. Because what? The master's hands got a hold of it. So you and me, we, we, tend to, we tend to stress. We tend to freak out when we don't think that we're enough. But the whole concept is, are you willing to give what you have? That's it. That is faithfulness. We hoard like crazy. Oh, this is mine, and you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in this 401k, and one day this is just... Oh, and now the market's... Or possibly, possibly, the Lord has a plan. You have seed that you've been given. You've been called for stewardship. Okay? And what I love is that this boy here, this boy here, he gets to partake in what? He gets to partake in the miracle and gets to, I think this is the cool part. He gets to be part of the celebration. <laughs> Mom, Dad, you wouldn't believe. I, I had two fish and now 10,000 happened. Well, that's a huge catch, son. Way to go. You're on deadliest catch, right? Okay. No, no, that, he got to participate in the blessing of the experience. And it didn't require him to grit. I'm going to discipline. I'm going to... No, no, no. Multiply? No. Jesus said, I'll give thanks. And here's what's a funny perspective, just so that you are clear here. The perspective that I think is so funny is I think down and up, up in heaven, I don't think pe that people were like... Holy cow! Jesus! They're like, yeah. Because supernatural happens all the time in heaven. And by the way, supernatural happens all the time here when you're not the source. I like it. The problem is we just want to compare, though. I saw that. They got a new car. I'm wondering if they're, they're giving into blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, they, they have the time now. Their kids are out of the house. 
what are you talking about? Do you live there? Luke 21, verse 1 through 4, is so, it's so powerful if we really get it. Okay? Jesus looked up. He saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw this poor widow in two very, put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth. But she gave out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. What's the, the principle, again, is, is not you creating things. It's you being willing with an open hand to hold and say, Lord, it's, it's yours. And watch the burden go. <sighs> I literally told Kristen last night, did I not? I said, dude, if we have to sell this house and we end up living in an apartment, baby, we're going to be good. By the way, nothing bad's happening to us. I'm just saying, if, 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 it, 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 and I'm talking, I, I don't want to get stuck on finances. I want you to understand it can be in anything. I just watched, I just watched a 12-year-old girl die because she was on the ski slopes. Christian girl that led her church and family. Her led her church and led her family in prayer just a week before. There's things that happen in this life, guys. It's the truth. But what I requires of you and me is not to go, I am bailing on all of this because of this moment. It requires you to be faithful and say, Lord, your ways are so much higher than mine. I'm struggling here or I'm thriving here, but your ways, Lord, I trust you in all of my burdens. I'm going to cast them all on you. Because when I let them weigh down, then I become a controlling just normal human being. But when I walk in the faith of God, I am telling you, I know this about myself, and I know this about you. You can move mountains. God working through you. Everybody getting it? Okay. What happens, though, is we compare. Oh, my goodness. The comparison. And then we get bought into shame. I only have two... I imagine the widow, I, I don't want anyone to see this. Because human beings want to rank based off of not only what you've attained. By the way, just as for clarity, yes, you have, you have work ethic. Yes, you have talent. All those things are given. Meaning, when we say we've attained this, we've been given this. And you've been faithful in little, which means you'll be faithful in much. And again, what I told her last night is this. If we're faithful here, I promise you that it will manifest in whatever way it is in plenty here. We will never not have seed. Are you guys hearing me today? This is real truth, guys. Okay. The real question is not how much seed you have. How much talent you have, how much time you have, how much faith you have, how much strength you have, how much courage, how much power. It is not about that. It is, is all of what you have his? That is the question. So here's the warning because some of you are going, ooh, oh, Jay is making it so that I do not have to do anything. I love this pastor. Oh, Jay is saying that volunteering is not needed and there's no obligations. Dude, that is not what I'm saying. That's not the heart that I'm talking about. Right? The heart that I'm talking about is not this. Lord, I'll do anything um, through you. Cross my finger. Don't say anything. Put some headphones on so I don't hear you. 
don't, please, not today. It's almost, I don't have a lot. No, it's, Lord, send me, and you'll supply for me. Show me. Watch this. Bench me. Because he benched the disciples. Hey, dude, wait 10, 10 days until the right guy shows up in the city that's supposed to hear my name. I'm going to empower you, and then you go out. Okay? So, Lord, bench me if you need to. Do you see what I'm talking about? It's this amazingly unfettering un, un, um, of our souls here. Well, we just get to walk. I promise you this. If you say, send me, he'll use you. Like the good Samaritan. Right? You, you will find someone where the voice of the Holy Spirit will go, now. But if you've got the controls to the day and to the life, that when he says now, you might go, oh, what was that? Okay. Or, I don't think so. That's not in the game plans. Or, I don't have enough seed for that right now. Or, I have a stomachache right now. My pastor, when he went in for cancer, led his nurse over a three-week period to Jesus Christ, and in their entire family was saved. Well, he's in cancer. Well, heck yeah. And the Lord said, open your mouth and speak the words I'll give you in this moment. And now a whole nother family is, is changed because of that. Well, I don't like that theology because cancer's from the... Dude, what are you doing, man? The Lord can work through a donkey. And he can work through, I have seen him work in multiple ways that what we would, be, what we would deem um, tragic. I've seen the Lord go, that's the opportunity. Use when I, the strength that I give you for the moment. Okay, everybody with me today? Ready, guys? So what happens is wanting to be used by God sometimes gets confused with us trying to become God. Psalm 127. I like this one. Unless the Lord builds the house, <laughs> the laborers, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Close your eyes for a moment. Really receive this for a moment. Lord, I want, I ask right now that this body would feel refreshed right now. Or that you would give rest to those who love you, which we do. Lord, we receive, God, right now the mantle, the yoke of a light burden. In the name of Jesus, I pray it over this congregation. Amen. Okay. He grants sleep to those he loves. You're loved. Okay? So we like to, uh, not we, I like to play hero ball. Hero ball is my favorite sport. It's the, it's the one where I have to touch everything. Like if you know basketball, there's a point guard. And the point guard gets the ball, and he's the one that passes it to the others. And sometimes he passes I, This is not kidding, especially about Chris Paul, who plays for us. He passes it to him, and he goes, like, give it back to me. That's my ball. 
hero ball where you're in control of everything. But what I want you to know is that God is responsible for the lives that are yielded to him. God is responsible for churches that are yielded to him. God is responsible for marriages that are yielded to him. Hear that again. God is responsible for marriages that are yielded to him. Yielded to him. Yielded to him. He's, he's responsible for finances yielded to him. Bodies that are yielded to him. Why? Because the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. In Hero Ball, I miss so much. When I'm the driver, when I'm the supplier. A couple weeks ago, I had this great idea. Oh, you know what, dude? My wife has just been grinding so hard at work. She is running out of gas. She is just, she is just going, she works so much. So what I decided to do is call her um, assistant and say, hey, listen, schedule all these fake things on Friday for her, and I'm going to plan a day, and we're going to call it Kristen Day, right? No, no, no Oz. Trust me, it was a disaster, okay? <laughs> right? So what I decided to do is I decided to hero ball the day at 8 o'clock. At 8 o'clock sharp, we're going to breakfast. She's like, okay, all right. Right after that, you're going to get a pedicure, 9.15. Right after that, you're going to the pool. Get down on the pool. Go there. Right now, lay down. All right, here's magazines, right? At, because at 1 o'clock, you're going to go and get a massage at Massage Envy. And then at 3 o'clock, we're going to a wine testing. And at 4.30, you're going shopping. Do it, right? And about 5 o'clock, I realized, this is not going good. <laughs> She's not relaxing at all. Because why? Because I'm controlling it. So finally at 5.30, I got the subtle hint. Hey, can we just hang out rather than go spend the money on the big steak? Oh, okay. I thought, you'd, I thought this is what you would want. And I thought you would want it like this. And right afterwards, I'll be your Uber driver and you just have it. No. Okay. All right, let's close with this. Acts 16, 25 through 40. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Oh, this story's, we know this one. And all the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, the prison doors flew open. Supernatural. And everyone's chains came loose. Supernatural. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, hey, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, this is powerful, man. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Look at that communion. They immediately, he and his house were baptized. Then the jailer brought them to his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with of what? Salvation. And he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Paul and Silas. What? 
God, how can we be in prison? Wait a minute, we've dedicated our whole lives to you, and now we're in prison? Break us out of here, God. We're going to, let's get, and then they don't leave. Well, of course the Lord would never want anything bad to happen to America because America is God's country. Or is it possible that in the midst of evil that Christians are supposed to rise? Is it possible? That's all I'm asking. Is it possible that in the work? I mean, there's a few in here that have been in prison. I have not. But I think that it would be something that I'd go, man, I don't really want to be in here. This is not a great situation. By the way, prisons back then were not like they are now. I've, I've been told, right? Okay? So they're in there, and I can't imagine that they're going. Or is Paul doing what he said before? I know what it is to have plenty. And I know when it is to want, and I know the call for me in both of these is to be willing to yield, is to be flexible, is to listen to the Lord. <sighs> here it comes. Okay, let's get out of here, Silas. What? What? Go to the jailer? Wait, what if they, they, the guards come and get, oh, go to the jailer. Hey, listen, man, don't kill yourself. And then for eternity, a jailer and his whole household are saved. Was that the plan? Maybe it was for a God who thinks in ten dimensions. But for you and me who go, here it is. Let's get it. I did it. I'm not sure if I would have stayed. Because I would have looked at everything so linear. Woohoo! God did it. Let's go, guys. Come on. Jailer, kill yourself. Who cares? No. The concept of this whole moment is not Paul and Silas being delivered. It is the jailer and his family being saved. And then the next thing the jailer does is he invites him over to the house because of the joy of having the Lord Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior forever. And we testify about it 2,100 years later or 2,000 years later. So you're, you're, you're seeing the, 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 the concept. Can you put the title slide up one more time? Because I asked Nikki to do this. I plan. No, he let it. He let it. Okay? God is not short on money. He is not short on time. He's not short on healing. He's not short on power. He's not short on wisdom. Being faithful, guys, being faithful in the moment for him, that is the picture of success. That's the, that's the pinnacle. Okay. I wrote down, he can do more with one act of my obedience than all of my plans. He has no needs. He has no needs. He's chosen you. He's called you. You're his workmanship. He actually gets it when you fail. It doesn't shock him. So, so, so it's okay. Get back on the horse and say, Lord, what's the next? What's the next thing? Like I said to Kay last night, we, we only can act in faith. The baseline has to be faith. What's faith? What you can't see. So start there. Start there. Start there. 
okay, this is not happening the way the world is doing it. Lord, I'm going to step out. Boom. Now you just literally authorize the Holy Spirit to supernaturally change things. And well, Jay, what about the times I did it and I got egg on my face? I'm going to tell you what happened in those moments. Something happened outside of your viewpoint that impacted something. Well, that's very ambiguous. It is, because I am not all-knowing. I just know this, that my whole core responsibility is not to control this church. It's to unleash the people in this church to follow the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't like some of the things going on. Well, guess what, dude? Sorry, bro. Is that good? Pre that, that's fine. Okay? I just want, I just don't, guys, Len, you know, I just don't want to do this. I just want to see the Lord work. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you can rewrite history. And then as we sing, you cover our destiny. And so, Lord, right now, I speak, God, uh, for the group at large here, saying... We want to hear you, and we're going to be flexible to move as you say. Lord, thanks so much for not um, giving up on us in this room. Thanks for not giving up on us at our lowest point. Lord, that that didn't actually define who we were. Comes a wrinkle of Lord of the greatness of you moving us to the next thing. Lord, we won't get in front of you, is what my commitment is. I thank you, Lord, for your provision for each one in this room. I thank you, Lord, for rest because you give it to those that you love. And so, Lord, we receive right now to the best of our finite, frail mind, we receive all that you would have, Lord, all that you would have. Empower us, Holy Spirit. Breathe a breath of life into us today. Lord, I pray right now for those, God, that need courage to make a stance today in their homes. Lord, I pray, Lord, for, for faith to rise. That the measure of faith, Lord, that you have given them, I pray for it that it would be multiplied. And Lord, that they would become this, this giant bucket of just, of, of walking faith as a testimony to those around. Lord, give us opportunity even today on my flight, Lord. I pray that today, Lord, that you would bring someone in my path. I thank you, Lord, that you're preparing their heart right now. I thank you that supernaturally, God, you're adjoining people today. We ask, Lord, we ask. We, we make ourselves available to you, Lord. We make ourselves an instrument for you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed that message. Hey, if you are in Phoenix, Arizona, we would love to see you out here in the shelter. But if you are somewhere else around the country, around the world, I'm just encouraging you to plug yourself into a body. Be part of the bigger picture of what God's doing on the earth today. You are needed and you are valued. Hey, share this message with someone that you might find needing it to encourage them in their walk with the Lord. 
We appreciate you and we thank you so much for tuning in today.